0: Hi friends, this is Will Parker. I'm actually recording this intro as I travel. I'm sitting in an airport in Austin on my way back from a wedding in Orlando, and then tonight meeting up with my family and getting ready for our Christmas, and then some more family travels that will happen over break. So I just wanted to follow up this week with part two of a great conversation that I had with Brad Gustafson. Last week, Brad shared part one of the six literacy levers from his new book. And this week, you get to hear the second part of that conversation, as well as a little bonus track that Brad agreed for me to share when we finished recording. It just had a quick chat at the end that was so meaningful, I thought it would be something you would enjoy listening to as well thank you for all that you've done if you're listening to this at the time of its recording you should be on your christmas break and so i just want to wish you a merry christmas and a happy new year and wish you the best as you wrap up this calendar year and begin 2022 until next time thanks for doing what matters and i know you're going to love this conversation with brad gustafson Principle Matters podcast, episode 275.
1: Oh, here's a, a quick disaster story. So I was a second grade teacher and that the whole experience was not a disaster. We had a lot of fun and did, did some good stuff, but I also did some stuff that I didn't know at the time was damaging readers. So here's here is an example of like why other people need help with a walking stick and they might not even know that they need help, but that's what leadership is for. So I'm doing this online reading program where kids are earning points. And I I was all in on this, Will, as a new teacher. Like I developed this uh, wall, bigger than my classroom wall, like the commons hallway of our school, this racetrack. Gave every kid, I think in the grade level, for sure in my class, a race car. Had probably their magic number because we didn't put the names because that would be data privacy. So the kids had the number. We all knew who they were. They knew their cars some kids were flying they made it to 100 points which was a ton ton of reading in this program and boy i celebrated those kids i had special lunches with them they earned prizes and rewards and it it affirmed to me in my own mind what a great reading teacher and motivator i was And, and yet there were the few kids who were stuck will at one point or one and a half points or three points for like four months five months six months and i was secretly frustrated although i will i would venture to guess they knew how i felt uh, from tone of voice and how they weren't celebrated and i would do things to try to help them like keep them in at recess and work with them but imagine now and here's here's like where this gets really hard to even think about how do how how might they describe now as adults cuz i think they're adults now how did mr g impact you as a reader back in second grade how did you feel what do you remember from that And I'm wincing a little bit here, Will, thinking and guessing about how that practice made them feel because some of those kids never made it past that first light switch on the wall and everyone knew it and everyone knew who they were. So that program that I was championing and celebrating might've worked for some kids really well, but it didn't work for all kids. And I wouldn't be surprised if I turned a kid or two off reading for a long time and they had to learn to love reading and how to read in spite of me instead of, you know, in part because of me and what I did. So now imagine here's the difference and here's partly why I wrote the book. Imagine if the team that I served on or my principal and the other leaders in our school at that time had carried a walking stick, not with judgment and the gotcha thing and as knowers, but as learners and as curious leaders and asked me a few questions and asked our team a few questions how much differently that might have gone for some of the readers. That's a that's a really, 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 really big deal. And, and that's why I applaud educators who are developing their own philosophies about like how to motivate and support readers. Because if the end goal is getting kids to fall in love with reading and research is supporting, which it does, some of the things I hear you talking about your own son's teacher, should not school leaders, regardless of whether they're dedicated quote unquote reading leaders, should we not, be able to show up and have an informed conversation and support teachers as they're trying to maybe like break new ground. Like that's on us to do. And it's an incredible opportunity. We just have to step up to the plate.
0: Well, Brad, I so appreciate, first of all, your authenticity and being able to share from your own experience where you can look back and see where you would do things differently. And I think all of us as educators cringe when we think back to all the years that we've been in education, the ways that we may have managed things differently. But as you're telling that story, I'm also just thinking about the power of that reflective cycle that's so important for us as educators, which is to really step back from a practice and not just ask, how does it look on paper, but how does it look in reality? Are our students really learning? And how do we know and how can we measure that? So I want to just stay here for another minute because You've mentioned several times how the walking stick questions help guide some of those conversations. Can you share one or two of the questions that you guys use that use your walking stick questions?
1: Yeah. Our questions evolve over time and sometimes will the best way this, this connects to another lever in the book. It's called the invitation. Sometimes the best thing we can do as leaders isn't to invite people into our work or ideas. It's actually to accept their organic invitations and in their work. So that's the little bit of a caveat. Instead of mandating one school-wide question, um, but some of the things our teams are leaning into, they are they are actually asking. We are actually asking about authenticity. We're asking things about representation. Like, if there are kid, if there are kids in our school who never see themselves at. Uh, portrayed in beautiful and powerful and uh sorry celebrated ways in books. Like what what's the message and how are they feeling um in our school? So those are some of the like areas that we're co- constantly bouncing back to.
0: You were explaining to me what the walking stick questions are that you guys use hmm. in your school. And what I appreciate about that is the fact that you don't have us again, a prescription you have a guide in terms of these are the kinds of things that we're thinking about. So authenticity and representation, those are so important. Any others that you guys consider when you're thinking about how to to gauge whether reading is really happening?
1: Yeah, there's one that comes up daily and it's not reserved just for reading, which, which is actually a pretty powerful thing when you can apply a lens or a question to every area of practice. It's, you know, how does this serve each and every learner? How does this serve each and every reader? Because, a lot of times from past experience, and then even as a principal in staff meetings, I think I look for subconsciously false positives, like, wow, they're digging this. They're like, we got this, everyone's on board, but 80% is not everyone, and the 20% matters. So that's another example of a question, just the, the each and every and leaning into that in varied and nuanced ways. The questions can be formed slightly different. And this all, just to give credit where credit's due, This whole concept of a walking stick, I would say I I attribute it to a district leader several years ago. She's retired now, but she would show up well to every single meeting I had with her, whether we were talking about transportation or budget or summer school. And she would always be such a great listener and listen to the voices and the principals in the room. And at some point, she would just thoughtfully ask, like, how will our students with special needs be impacted? How will our kiddos with different gifts and different abilities be included? Just nuanced ways to make sure and to sharpen our radars because she was a special services director. And and what I said earlier is true, Will. It's to the point now, Will, where I asked that question myself and she retired years ago, but that's that's her legacy and that's the power of a walking stick
0: wow, Brad, there's so much golden there's so many golden nuggets in in what you just said and so principal manager listeners, I just want to encourage you to to remember that our role as educators is consistently walking through the reflective cycle Pete Hall has a great book on the reflective cycle where he reminds us that, as learners and as educators, we always have to ask ourselves the question, who wasn't learning in this moment? Because we tend to focus on who was. Like you said, we might see the 40% or the 50% or the 80% who get it and we get so excited, but we fail to ask who are the percentage that didn't get it and how do we know they didn't get it? And then what can we do to adjust our approach? And this doesn't just work for classroom teaching it works for our leadership too. How are we making sure we're engaging our teachers in professional learning? How are we making sure that we're hitting as many parents as we possibly can? How do we make sure in school-wide conversations and communication that that all of our students are connecting with the message of our school? And that's not to beat ourselves up. That just means that we're staying learners too in this process. So Brett, thanks so much for for those golden nuggets.
1: One one question. So here's a cool thing in the book that I'm really proud of because I like, and you've written some books too Will we want we want to help people and we want to make a difference uh, um so one of the ways that i try to do that in the 6 literacy levers is there are activities embedded throughout well you 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 know you know cuz you you're familiar with the text but there are activities embedded for individual reflection and action and team reflection and action and then also there are schoolwide implementation challenges at the end of every chapter so that the work <laughs> gets traction and it's to help like the single literacy leaders who are in a school or who are, you know Oh, send it to the media specialist or librarian or the reading teacher or the ELA department like it's to it's to help flip that narrative on on its head but in the spirit of that i just want to give like a, a an activity idea or just a, a takeaway point for listeners and people who are a part of our conversation here Th- think about what if you were to ask your team what question would they predict that you would ask during a meeting like if they could count on you or just envision you showing up to a team meeting to a parent meeting to a staff meeting what question do they think you're going to ask and and they might the answer might be i don't know i don't or maybe it's like what where's the food where are the snacks like that's me a little bit but if that's it will We can, we have an opportunity to do better and to do different. So with that kind of, I'm joking a little bit, but there's a serious moment here. We get to decide how people are going to remember us tomorrow and the next day. And then also how they're going to fill in the blanks of our narrative. Wouldn't it be powerful if they started filling in the blanks, even when we're not in the room and just say, I know that will, I know that Brad is going to ask about how I'm serving all readers even though I'm a social studies teacher, even though I'm a math teacher, even though I'm a foreign language teacher. How crazy is Brad to think that? But over time, they're like, wow, he's actually serious about this. He has that a lot and he supports me in my growth and leaning into that. And he celebrates me in the steps I'm taking to, to fulfill that and make a difference. Like right now, Will, we have an opportunity to embrace that almost activity or personal challenge. Cause if you're like me, I'm challenging myself too. I don't know if I have a consistent question that I could guarantee most people would think. I talk about amplifying student voice quite a bit. So that might be one. But if I'm not sure, you've heard the saying vision bleeds, like maybe it's time to pump up the vision and pump up my leadership just a little bit and and do a little bit of CPR on the vision and on behalf of readers in in your school.
0: We get to do that. Uh, This is the challenge. And so I'm already challenging myself right now, Brad. And so I'm going to challenge listeners too, to think about, think about that. Like, if, if you don't know the answer to that question, do you have the courage to ask some of the people who you follow, what is what is the question you would predict that I most consistently ask? And if the, if the answer is you don't consistently ask a certain question, then maybe the challenge to us is how do we become so committed to the outcomes that we're looking for that we are consistently asking those right questions? So, Brad, that's just so powerful. Yeah.
1: And Will, well, I... I'm not going to apologize for going deeper. It's like, just hold me back here, Will, but I got to say one more thing on this. Our staff might say, well, he always asks about safety. And that's awesome. Don't stop asking about safety. Or or he's going to ask how much it costs. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm a realist. I have a budget here too, but maybe it's just adding one additional question. You don't have to change your whole leadership philosophy and approach and reality, but accompany that with, oh, and how might this, like like here's a big one that I'm leaning into these days. How might this teach kids how to learn and how might this ensure they want to learn? Because if it threatens either of those, then we should have a conversation before we move forward on it. Right. So in addition to asking about the budget, then just tie in that additional question.
0: Wow. There's so much there. Well, let's stay there for a minute, Brad, because I did want to pick your brain a little bit about leadership in general, because you've written a couple of other books that focus on leadership And so take just a moment. And if you don't mind sharing a little bit of insight for what uh, listeners might find if they connect with you on reclaiming our calling or renegade leadership, I know we're talking here specifically about your newest book, but what are some other lessons that readers might discover in some of the other content that you've shared?
1: Yeah. So there's interesting parallels that weren't planned, but I think it just flows through authentically showing up with a pen or a keyboard. So in renegade leadership, there's a pedagogy. I call it the renegade code, just four four things, C-O-D-E, and it's all underpinned by relationships. And it's, it's a pedagogy that leaders can model and inject really into every single thing we're currently doing. It's not about doing differently or doing more. It's about asking, like, how might I ratchet up the collaboration in this staff meeting, in this student learning experience, in my principal newsletter? Or, or maybe maybe it's not about collaboration, maybe it's how might I increase the ownership for the learner or the student in the principal newsletter, right? Like the, the same letters can apply to everything we do. And we've started, like, we do that. We include kids in telling their story and creating videos and collaborating with them um, and just have a blast building relationships doing it. So the parallel to the six literacy levers is, it's not it's not about the tool for the sake of the tool, It's about how the tool can help the leader be more successful in helping the people they serve be more successful and renegade leadership basically helps leaders do that it helps them create the conditions where we're serving digital age students right uh reclaiming our calling is a book that um the the quick side story is i was at a conference in california and we were doing an analogy exercise where educators were just sharing like what educate what picture? I brought a bunch of pictures. I was facilitating this session. You know, either share, find a picture that reminds you of education, or find find one and talk about it. And this educator, I remember, she shared in front of everyone. There was a quiver in her voice, and it was one of those moments where everyone just, for whatever reason, stopped talking, listened to her, and she said, "I'm picturing an escalator." And education to me feels like the treads of the escalator are crashing down against me instead of helping me get, you know, go forward. And I just thought, good golly, that is how it feels. And you're not alone. And why? Why does it feel like that? And how are we gonna help each other? And basically, Reclaiming Our Calling was born. And it was talking about the core of this work and the things that we, like, like the different reasons we sign up to do this work that we get to do. And then helping people hold on to those things as a stake in the ground, identify when things are are threatening that. And I wrote the book before, I wrote Reclaiming Our Calling before the pandemic and it's fascinating, Will, now, how, like it feels more relevant now than even the, the few years ago when, when I wrote the thing. Here's a theme that connects all the books. And again, this wasn't planned, but I think it's just a reality, at least as I see things in education, All of the books show, they demonstrate how connectedness and relationships, they matter immensely in this work that we get to do, whether we're leading innovation and leaning into technology, or whether we're trying to hold on to our calling and not get bumped off that in the winds of of change and things that are out of our control or in leading literacy, like it is, it is, about people and improving their lives and, and empowering them to improve the lives of others. And that's a cool thing that as I look back on all three of the books, I see those themes uh bubble up.
0: Wow. Brad, what a wonderful way to wrap up our conversation. Your connectedness and relationships influence all that we do as educators. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so glad we connected because just even having this conversation gets me inspired to think about reflective learning and how to. Point leaders towards great resources. How can listeners connect with your new book? Um, and how can they find you? And, um, and then why don't you share some, some parting words of wisdom as we wrap up today's conversation?
1: Yeah. So everything is on my website, bradgustafson.com. And there's lots of resources to support your reading, whether it's individual or if you're reading with a team or a staff and, you know, the blog is there. We even have a, uh, just a fun store with some literacy lover shirts and some quotes and then my daughter here's a side story. Um, that she's in the book and has some special gifts and abilities, but also things that are harder for her than than other people, but she created a design that we feature in the store and she worked so hard on that. Uh, design so anyway that's just a, a fun oh, fact in my now i'm gushing as a dad as far as like parting part parting words of wisdom i'll just quickly reference the final lever in the book it's it's the collage and you mentioned it earlier like selfies are great selfies are exciting but when we look at the work we get to do as leaders as a collage and we look how we impact our learning communities how we can influence them but also how we can learn and be influenced when we're connected and when we take time to listen to the pain points of others and try to meet their needs and then also look at the vision and direction of our school and work together on that really powerful important work and movement and change can happen. And that's my advice to like never uh, never underestimate the power of the collage. And that as leaders, we determine like if people want to actually be in that collage, just by how we show up and our attitude and, and humility and all those things.
0: Oh, I love that. So Principal Matters listeners, as we wrap up the conversation this week, and you're thinking about the literacy levers that might help you in your work, or you're thinking about your own leadership what a great image to end with Brad, just this idea that every single moment, every single time you capture a moment, every time you celebrate the learning of students or the, the meaningful experiences happening with teachers, those all build up. And over time, they build into a beautiful collage of the work and the meaning and the legacy that we leave as as leaders and as educators. Well, Brad Gustafson, it has been such a pleasure to connect with you and Principal Matters Leader- Principal Matters listeners, let me just encourage you to go to Brad's website, which I'll put a link in the show notes, or to connected2ds.org, where you can find his new book listed there, as well as other resources that are provided. Brad, until next time, thank you for doing what matters. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks. Well, had a blast. All
0: right. That's a wrap.
1: Thank you, Will. That oh, was that
0: was so fun. That
1: was fun. Yeah, thank you for all you do, Will. I started leaning more into your show, and oh my gosh, I was getting more and more excited to talk <laughs> to you. So awesome! Thank you. Well, it's
0: so fun um, to uh, you know. You, I know because I'm a fellow writer. You take a lot of time to just get this stuff out of your head and into into a book, and so um, and sometimes it's lonely work. You know, because you're just writing and writing and thinking and thinking and editing and editing. And and after a while, you forget what you've even said. And, and I know when I finished um, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, and I had to go back and read it one more time, I was actually really convicted. I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so much good practice in here that I've already forgotten. Uh-huh. And so I'm so challenged, like even when I read my own stuff. So the ability to sit back in a room and go back through your own content, sometimes it like it rekindles the fire. I think of, of I'm so glad
1: you shared that reflection because there are times I'll just page through and think, dang, that is helpful. That is good. <laughs> like that connects to stuff we're wrestling with right now. So it's good to just, A, that feels good. It feels yeah. a little weird to th- be thinking so positively of something that you wrote, but thank you for sharing that. I can yeah. Really that. Well, and
0: I've even gone back so many times when someone asked me a question of a challenge they're having. I'll start digging back into my own content and find that I talked about that before I wrote about that before. And, you know, we're not encyclopedias. We're not going to remember every single lesson we've had, but the cool part about being authors, I think too, is it gives you a chance to kind of record the narratives of your learning so that you can go dig back into that dip back into that well sometimes and pull that out for future reference too. So kudos brother on the work that you're doing for, for teachers and educators.
1: Yeah. You got another 10 seconds. Yeah. I got, here's a quick reflection. I just had this this morning. You know, you you put it out, the, put the book in the world and then you're like, dang, I should have added this. Here's the one I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have done this. I should have had in the introduction, I should have had a lever called the bridge. Cause when I speak, I, I talk about where leaders are now and where the, where they wanna grow and go for readers, like the bridge, but that that meeting with the parents that's the bridge. That was the yeah. moment where you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. I'm like, oh, I missed a chance. <laughs> too late.
0: Hey, no, it's not too late. When you present on your book, there you go. There's your introduction there you right there. Well, yeah. I might, uh, if with your permission, I might work this last five minutes into the, as a bonus part of our conversation, because that was rich. I love Brad. it. I
1: love it, Will. Thank All you. All right, my friend,
0: We'll go enjoy your teacher award meeting you're getting ready to jump into, and happy holidays,
1: Brad. Yeah, you too. Thank you.
0: All right, we'll talk soon. See ya. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.